All right. After lunch, welcome everyone. Hopefully people got cookies. Uh, want to say welcome to the Innovation Learning Theater. This session, Microsoft Unlocks Data for Insights and Action. My name is Wendy Funkhauser. I'm the Vice President of Client Services for ISS. ISS is a leading workplace experience and facility management company. We partner with clients around the globe. Uh, to create magnetized workspaces through employee well-being and experience. We, we um, do not impact the environment while we're doing this. And of course, we protect and maintain property from around the world. ISS is pleased to sponsor today's session and is now my pleasure to introduce Esther Christofferson. She is the Senior Services for Transportation in Puget Sound for Microsoft. Welcome, Esther. Thank you so much, Wendy. It is great to be here, and thank you so much for joining me for this session on Connected Fleet. I'm going to grab this clicker here uh, and uh, dive us right in. So here's how I thought we would spend the next 20 minutes. I'm going to give a very quick overview of Microsoft real estate portfolio, global portfolio, as well as our Puget Sound, which is our global headquarters portfolio. And then we'll talk about fleet and mobility. And I'll talk about our mobility priorities now and going forward. Um, and I'll talk about some of the challenges and learnings that we have been facing as we think about the future and building for the future. Um, I'll talk about what we built. We built a connected fleet solution to start learning and understanding about our entire fleet. And my hope is that by the end of the session, you'll take away a learning, or it'll spark some curiosity, or it'll help you build some questions as you think about your own fleet and fleet management um, now and into the future. So that's the goal for the next 20 minutes. I would love to hear from you, though. Who here, as part of your role or scope, looks after anything that has to do with fleet? people. Okay, great. What about mobility in general? Commute, transportation? Okay. Um, and then finally, what about this journey to EV, a journey to carbon negative, electric vehicles? Okay, excellent. So we're going to talk about all of that and welcome questions. And I would love to meet you if you want to come and say hi after the session as well. So a quick overview of our portfolio. Uh, Microsoft employs a lot of people around the globe, over 220,000. Um, we're in 110 countries, 600 buildings, and 38 million square feet to manage. Um, I look after kind of the operations for Puget Sound campus as related to commute and transportation. And it's a little bit, little bit smaller, but we still say we run a small city. We have 65,000 people assigned to the Puget Sound campus. We have 110, 125 buildings and 14 million square feet. That is a lot to manage. There is a lot of behind-the-scenes operation that goes on to keep a campus running every single day. Here is an overview of our Puget Sound fleet. And so as you can see, it spans a number of lines of business. We have transportation, which is our people mover fleet. That's actually part of my day job, is to move people on campus. I mentioned 65,000. That is a real challenge, getting people to campus, getting people back from campus, and getting people around during the workday. So that is um, part of our core focus. And we have a dedicated fleet of buses and shuttles to help people get to and from and around 
around campus. We have about 200 facilities vehicles. They are they're working all the time. They're keeping the buildings running, the lights on, the HVAC working, and all of the facilities requests. Logistics and mail. Uh, we have a lot of uh, packages and mail that come to campus, and our job is to distribute those. We also do furniture and moves. Uh, and then fine, uh, dining. Uh, we run about 25 cafes on our Puget Sound campus. We have a full catering kitchen. And every building, every floor has a kitchenette with coffee and drinks. And quite a bit of refresh goes into just maintaining those and keeping them stocked. Finally, our security fleet is small, but it's mighty. And they keep uh, us safe on campus. So that is an overview of our fleet for Puget Sound, about 684, uh, give or take, vehicles. A couple things I want you to keep in mind here. One, we are an entirely uh, gas-powered fleet today. It's an ICE, power, it's an ICE uh, fleet, internal combustion engine. Um, we are headed towards EV. So we are headed from full gas-powered to full EV, and that's part of the journey that we're going on right now. Uh, the other thing is that each of these, we call them lines of business, are managed and operated by suppliers and by operators. And so there is no one fleet person or a dedicated fleet management company. We have, um, I have a, a supplier that looks after the people mover fleet. Uh, we have one that looks after facilities, logistics, and mail. Um, dining is its own entity, and then finally security is its own. And so what that means is that they're being managed and maintained by different entities. So as I think about, I want to kind of just ground us in mobility priorities. As I think about mobility today on campus and going into the future, it really, it's very simple. It comes down to a few things. One is safety and security. One is safety for our riders, safety for our drivers, safety for how we manage the fleet. We don't want any accidents. One accident is too many. And so how do we make sure that we are operating the safest fleet possible? Um, the second is, you may have heard in the last few years, Microsoft announced that we are going to be carbon negative by 2030. And so for us, that means we have this amazing opportunity to, like I said, take our fleet from an ICE, an internal combustion engine, to fully electric and start getting rid of the, some of those emissions. Now, when you're doing that for 684 vehicles, you can't just order new EVs and, and flip the switch overnight. It takes quite a bit of planning, but that is a journey that we're on. Um, and then the ability to run an efficient operation. Anyone talking about hybrid in your workplace? I think we all are. I think it's the, the word of the year is hybrid. And so how do we stay agile and stay flexible and think about do we have the right size fleet? That is one of the big questions we're asking today. Finally, uh, we always start local and then we build for global because we have our global portfolio. So, those are the priorities. That's what we have to do. Pretty simple, right? That is what success looks for, uh, like for us. Stay safe, deliver on carbon negative, stay agile, and think about scale. And so we started asking some questions, very, very basic questions, like what's going on with our fleet, and, and uh, how should we transition it to EV? When, where, and how? What does that look like? And we started asking questions, and we found we didn't have all the answers. We found we needed more answers. And so these are just some of the challenges that we were faced with when we started looking at delivering upon those priorities. Um, we didn't have a lot of transparency. 
from our operators on basic things like fleet, health, usage, and cost. Uh, we had limited and inconsistent data. Yes, there was data, and yes, we could get it, but when we out, went out and asked, we usually would get four or five different answers for the different fleets. This is how we're tracking it, this is how we're looking at it, and there was no one cohesive, unified way to get that data. That meant we didn't really have the ability to look for patterns and trends. Um, and finally, our campus needs are changing. We want to be able to add different fleet types as we add fleet types, as our needs change uh, for our campuses. So that's a little bit just kind of, kind of as a backdrop of priorities. We have to deliver on those priorities. And here were some of the challenges we were facing. So we needed the ability to really make data-driven decisions to start kind of understanding what we need to do to take the next step in our fleet transformation. We had, a, we had hundreds of questions. I've boiled it down to just a few. And these may seem very basic and rudimentary, but this is where we had to start. Questions like, where are my vehicles at any given time? Questions like, what is the mileage of our vehicle? That's very important for me to know. If I know our mileage, I know our carbon footprint right now. And I know how it will change. Um, how many hours a day are my vehicles in use? Uptime, downtime, utilization, super interesting for us to know, but we didn't really know anything about utilization. We knew that the vehicles were out being used, and that was about it. Are there any safety issues? We don't know unless we hear maybe an accident report, but are there things we can do from preventative maintenance or just getting ahead of how the fleet is being used so that we can run the safest fleet possible? Carbon footprint, are there routes that make more sense, that are more carbon efficient? Which vehicle should we transition to first for EV? This may seem like an obvious one, right? Well, maybe we should take the oldest vehicle. They're less efficient, they're burning a lot of gas. Maybe we should take the vehicles that are driving the most mileage. Well, what about the vehicles that make many trips a day and have some idling, like they're driving between buildings back and forth, back and forth throughout the day? They're not putting in a lot of miles, but they're sure being used a lot throughout the day. So we didn't really know, but we wanted to get answers to those kinds of questions. And finally, what kind of charge patterns do I need to support? And one of the big ones for us, how many vehicles do I really need? It seems like a very basic question, but it's a good one right now as we're thinking about this transition to take stock and to say, do I have the right number of vehicles? Do I have too many? Do I have too few? And how does that change over time? How does it change over the seasons? What do I really need? Because I think the easy thing would be to say, well, we'll just do a one-for-one -one exchange. That would be the easy button and say, we'll just we'll kind of move through our fleet. But we're taking the time to stop and pause and say, is this really the right thing? So what is Connected Fleet? What is this mysterious thing that we built? It is um, not so mysterious. It's quite basic and quite wonderful. It's a uh, fleet management solution. And we built it with partners. We built it with a software partner. And we built it with a hardware partner. And the hardware is literally a box uh, that plugs into the vehicle. It's a dongle that plugs into the vehicle and gathers telemetry. And so if we plug a dongle into every vehicle, we now get a flow of data that we can pull into the solution. So we have software, hardware, very simply, built on the Microsoft stack. So that's what we're doing. It's a pilot. Uh, we're learning as we go. But this is how we started to get some insight into all of what's going on with our fleet. And I'm actually going to spend the next four slides 
uh, diving into what this solution actually looks like, just to give an idea. And I've picked four examples, there's many examples, but kind of four to make this real for us. So I mentioned location. And what we're looking at here is a little dashboard view of our fleets. And there's a filter at the top that shows um, dining, security facilities, mail logistics. I filtered it on transportation. And I took this screenshot last Friday afternoon. And I wanted to see what's going on with our fleet right now on campus. And what I saw, I zoomed in and I saw this little sort of footprint here were these little vehicles moving around. And green indicates that it's active. It's driving, it's on the road, it's mobile. Uh, gray indicates that it's parked, and orange indicates that it's been dormant for a while. And we see that a lot when the shift is done and when um, vehicles are parked for the night, but they go into sort of a sleep dormant status. So that's, that's the color key there. Um, if there had been a crash or an unauthorized movement, that would have shown up on the map as well. Now, why is this interesting? It's, they're very cute, and especially they move around on the map, and the little green vehicles are very cute to watch moving around. But other than that, why is this very interesting for us from a practical perspective? I'll give one example. I mentioned we have a um, full catering service, and sometimes they will deliver their catering, um, and they'll get calls from our customers, from employees. Um, sometimes they get a call that goes something like this. My event is about to start, and the food is not here. Where's the food? What's going on? And what happens then, the catering team will say, OK, let me, let me find out. Let me put you down for a moment. I'm going to go call the team and find out where the vehicle is and find out where the food is. That takes some time, and it takes some transaction. With this type of dashboard, it's a matter of a few seconds. They know what building they're going to. They know what vehicle it is. They can look it up. Welcome. And stay on the call with the customer and say, well, actually, I see that the vehicle is parked outside your building right now. They should be there within a minute. That's powerful, to be able to look real time, see the vehicle. And the refresh is something like 15 seconds, so it's a, it's a very near real time uh, refresh here. Another dashboard, what we're looking at here is, it's just a little crosscut. It's a, a little selection of data. You have the type of vehicle. You have what it's um, powered by right now. You have total lifetime miles, age, active, and then some utilization data. And so this was one of our big questions. What is the mileage of our fleet right now, and how does that change over time? And how does it change by season? And what, how, what's the breakdown per fleet? And what we learned was that our people mover fleet, those 300 vehicles, they're putting in the majority of the mileage. The other fleets, they're staying local. They're doing those small trips around campus. They're not putting in a lot of distance, but they're putting in a lot of time, just back and forth, sometimes idling and sometimes um, pausing outside of a building. So starting to better understand our carbon footprint um, helps us because you, know, you don't go and get gas every day for each of the vehicles. This is important as we think about what's charging going to have to look like over time. Trips. Um, what we're looking at here is just, again, it's a list of vehicles, and it shows start time and end time. And there's a map, kind of a heat map, showing um, the final destination of the vehicle and where, like, where are vehicles ending up on campus. But trips and when did the trip start and stop is a very, very interesting data point for us. Now, what we uh, did in the past was 
uh, again, I'm going to give a really specific example. Um, especially for our people mover fleet, uh, we are beholden to certain SLAs. And sometimes we would get a call from a customer that said, the bus left without me. And we never want to hear that from our riders, from our employees, the bus left without me. And they would say, well, I was on time. And the bus had already left, and now I don't have a ride. I don't have a way to get home. I'm going to have to figure that out. And so then we will call our operator and say, we had a bus that, that missed a passenger. And they will talk to the driver and say, what time did you actually leave? Were you on time? There's some auditing that has to happen. With this type of automatic data flow, we can simply say, that bus at this time, we can see exactly when it left. And it takes some of the guesswork out of it. And we can just say, oh, we know exactly what happened. And then we can go and coach or say, you know, you know, we really should build in some buffer for all of these routes. And here's how we should do it. So very, very specific, powerful insights in how we're managing things like SLAs. Finally, safety. And this is going to play a little video here. I'm going to pause it. Um, I mentioned safety is our number one priority, but how do we really know um, if our fleet is as safe and focusing on security as it possibly can? Um, what we did was to look at uh, pulling all the data into Power BI and doing some modeling and looking at where is har where are harsh events happening. Harsh events meaning harsh braking, harsh acceleration, and harsh turning. And we set the parameters so we can kind of tune that to you know what what is a harsh braking event. Um, but it pulls it again from the dongle from the telemetry uh, flows into the solution, and we can say, oh gosh, we're seeing that there's a bunch of stuff going around campus and particularly, it's a little bit hard to see on the screen, but there's a corridor here, it's 40th Street, where there's some spikes. Super important for us. We would never have known this kind of stuff unless there was an accident and we heard about it later. But this gives us an opportunity to say, gosh, what's going on in this area? 40th Street, by the way, there's a lot of pedestrians there, there's bikers there, we have scooters, people, we don't want people vehicle conflict, this gives us an opportunity to go and look at, do we have a safety issue? Is there something we should do around driver coaching? Should we just look at the entire area? Uh, and what can we do um, to be better? So uh, we are at the end of my slides here. And I just want to leave you with a few things. We talked about our fleet. We talked about mobility priorities. We talked about some of the challenges just with getting consistent data. and. More importantly, a unified view so we could look at some patterns and start making decisions as we think about the future, and the future being our fully electric um, and carbon uh, neutral fleet. And these were some of the learnings along the way. Always, I always say this, start with the end in mind, start with the why, spend ample time up front gathering requirements, and talk to people. We spent a f months and months listening and asking our fleet managers and the people that were uh, everybody in operations, and we would say, what's working for you today? What's not working? What's working well? What's not working? And then we started thinking about, can it be solved with technology? But we started with the why, and we started with what's working, what's not. And then where we thought it might be worth exploring, we started looking at, can we use technology? Can we build a solution to help everybody be more efficient, uh, run an efficient operation, deliver on customer service, and um, do the right thing as we think about planning and delivering on the future? So that is where I'm going to end, and I welcome questions.
Okay. Yeah, let me just repeat the question so I make sure that I captured it. So as we're going into this hybrid world, um, as we're helping specifically people come to campus, leave campus, get around, how do we make it easier? How do we kind of take some of that difficulty away? Yep, that's a great question. Um, People movement and commute is a very interesting topic. It's near and dear to my heart, but what we know is that people have a very strong relationship with their commute. They either love it or they don't quite love it. And so we hear a lot from our employees, and, and I've always, I always say, you know, if we can deliver, I always talk about three words, ease, flexibility, and choice. And if we can deliver ease, flexibility, and choice, then it'll make people's commute just a little bit easier. Um, it's interesting because as we're looking at hybrid and we're, we're looking at different attendance numbers, we are also thinking about how do we make it easy for people. And we, on the commute team, we want to make sure we're not the reason that people don't come into the office, if that makes sense. So if we take away our fleet, or if we downsize it too much, or if we shrink it, then suddenly commute becomes an even bigger burden than it was before. And so we've kept it quite whole. We've done a little bit of right-sizing, but we watch the data. We listen to our riders. What's interesting right now is with gas prices going up, um, we've had a lot more people wanting to try other commute solutions than just driving their car, their single occupancy vehicle. So I don't know if we've figured it out. We're still learning. Um, I'd love to learn from others as well, but we're trying to keep it as whole as possible, knowing that we might have to flex it. We might have to right-size it. Um, but not making that the reason people don't come to work. Same with food. Like, we don't want to have an excess of food. We don't want waste, food waste. But we also don't want people to come to work and say, gosh, it's, it's not only kind of empty here, uh, but there's not really a lot of food options. And therefore, I'm going to now think about more work from home. We want people to be excited to come to work and have the amenities and services that they expect and love. And we know that why people are coming to work is, is changing as well. People come for human connection and to maybe have a fun lunch. and hopefully enjoy their commute a little bit more. So those are a few thoughts. Thank you for the question. Other questions? I think I'm getting the wrap up. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, and have a great rest of the conference.